You're listening to Fire Ecology Chats, a podcast series by the Association for Fire Ecology. Hello, everybody. My name is Bob Keen. I'm the host of the podcast Fire Ecology Chats, which is, of course, hosted by AFI, the Association for Fire Ecology. This podcast is all about new and exciting papers that are published in the AFI journal Fire Ecology. Today, I'm very excited to talk about one of my favorite topics in fire, which is, of course, scale. And we have two people that just recently published a paper in fire ecology, which deals with scale and prescribed fire and wildfires. David Mason and Marcus Lashley. Uh, David, you want to introduce yourself? Thanks for having us on here. We're really excited to talk about the paper as well. I'm a graduate student in the UF Deer Lab. Uh, I study seed dispersal as it relates to disturbances. And Marcus. Thanks again for having us on. Really excited to be here and and, uh, glad to have that paper published in the journal. I'm Marcus Lashley, and I'm the director of the UF Deer Lab at the University of Florida, and I'm on faculty there. And I study a broad range of disturbance ecology, but have a particular interest in fire ecology and how we can use it to manage wildlife habitat. Yeah, this is an exciting topic because most of the people think that maybe we can replace a fire regime with prescribed fire, and I think this paper deals with it quite well. David, why don't you go ahead and talk about what exactly this paper is all about. By the way, the name of the paper is Spatial Scale and Prescribed Fire Regimes, an Understudied Aspect in Conservation, with examples from the Southeast of the United States. So tell us all about it. So it's just that we realized that spatial scale was going to be something really important with, with prescribed burns. And we know that from the ecological literature base has all kinds of scale dependent effects. We went through and sort of assessed how often fire ecologists were talking about spatial scale, especially data as it relates to spatial scale. And then we compared the average size of prescribed burns with lightning generated fires, try to get at that natural fire regime and and the discrepancy between those two things. And, And then we tried to use those scale-dependent relationships and processes from the ecological literature to predict and discuss why scale may be important, particularly as it relates to fire. We did that through the lens of species in the Southeast. Yeah, that was really exciting to me when I looked at the uh, size, frequency, distribution of fires from prescribed fires versus lightning fires, and they did not match at all. Marcus, what's the implication of that? I think you're exactly right. You know, as a fire researcher, I've been in the field for years and years, and it's kind of dawned on me. I get the question as an extension specialist from private landowners constantly, how big should my burn blocks be? You know, they're they're prepping to start using fire to manage wildlife habitat particularly, and I don't always have a very good answer for them. Reflecting on that, there's not that much literature that's explicitly looked at it, like David was saying when we went through. Fire ecologists acknowledge that that's a really important question, just as commonly as any other fire attribute, but we rarely do any data-driven inference, and even more rare than that was to manipulate it. And I think it's really important because these scale-dependent processes we know are pervasive in ecology, and they probably have a fundamental effect on the way a wildlife species or other species in the community respond to it. So, for instance, how well they can traverse the landscape in a when it's recently been burned or when it hasn't recently been burned, for that matter. Those types of processes could really be impacted by the scale at which we're lighting fires. I think that's the important take home is we found that lightning does seem to be 
mismatched in terms of scale from that of prescribed fire, and that could have implications on the resources that we're using it for. Yeah, one of the other things that I think the paper actually does very well is it gives examples of why this is important in conservation. David, do you want to give us one of these examples, one of your favorite ones? I'd say the best example we have in there is where we're talking about some of the ecological interactions. Particularly, there's more evidence for herbivory. You know, I'm personally excited about seed dispersal. I would love to know how the size of a fire affects animal-driven seed dispersal, but there's just not, there's not much evidence, or really any evidence out there at all to talk about that. On the other hand, herbivory, we do have some good examples from. We have some work with grasshoppers with actually prescribed burns showing decreased herbivory as you get closer to the interior of the burn. And the other big evidence is from large fires out in the West, in Yellowstone, regenerating aspen, and you know, just in the interior of the burns, they reported you know, less herbivory pressure on the regenerating aspens there. Yeah, it's amazing. Marcus, did you guys deal with the whole issue of severity and scale as well, or was it just fire size? For this, we restricted it to just fire size. We did actually look for the severity attribute as well as several others in the literature, and that that's fairly commonly addressed. We did talk about it to some degree in the paper that sometimes these attributes might be correlated. Like you just said, we tend to increase in severity as you increase the scale of fire. I think that's a really important take home is, you know, they're not necessarily mutually exclusive attributes, but we rarely focus on scale. And we do have reason to believe that the interaction strength with wildlife, like herbivory, for instance, might change as you increase scale. I think that's a pretty important concept that we should start thinking about as fire ecologists and formally address with research. Yeah, I do as well. I, I think it's an understudied, really important part of fire management. So, David, what are your recommendations to at least mitigate these scale differences? I don't know that you want to mitigate them necessarily. I guess it really depends like anything else on your goals, your study system. I know that's not you know, the most exciting answer, but it really depends. It depends on what kind of species you're managing and what your goal is and what you have to work with. So, for instance, for seed dispersal, right, you're always burning the same size lot. You may be unconsciously restricting the seed dispersal of some of the trees or plants that have a small dispersal distance, correct? Yeah, if we're getting towards that area of recommendation, I think that's a good point. We often burn larger blocks for a variety of reasons when it comes to a management side. But certainly, the larger your block is, the less likely you're going to get seed dispersal towards the center of that block. And if those species are an important component of wildlife habitat, you, you may see some impacts there. So, Marcus, do you think these scale issues are across the United States or maybe even across the world, or are they just for the southeast U.S.? I think that's a great question. I think it's everywhere that's flammable. This is an issue that's in consideration. And just to reiterate the points you were just making about the take home, I say this constantly as a fire ecologist to people, but to me, the importance of variability in our management approach. We think about variability in season or variability in the return interval, but we should probably also be thinking about variability in scale because there are winners and losers no matter what. There's not one size that fits all, in other words. So when you're talking about potentially getting too big 
for some of these processes to happen. You could also not be big enough for those processes to happen. There, particularly, I'm thinking about some large herbivores that, that are herding animals. They may actually fare much better in much larger bone blocks than they would in small ones, for instance. So I think that's really the way to look at it is that diversity is key, and that includes in the way that we light fire and multiple attributes to include scale so that we can better conserve system processes. I mean, nature burned in a diversity of scales, so we probably would better approach that with prescribed burning if we also did that. Excellent point. Thank you, too, for coming to Fire Ecology Chats. Do you have any affiliations or funding sources you wish to acknowledge now? We funded this with funds from the University of Florida. There's no other funds to acknowledge. Well, excellent. Thank you, too, for coming and visiting us with this podcast, and I appreciate your time. Thank you, everyone, and we'll see you at the next one.